Hello and welcome to the first episode of the GTLA Lakers 818 podcast. I realize this podcast is coming really late. I had a lot of people hit me up on the Laker page um, and and through email asking me, where's the podcast? You haven't done a podcast this season. Yes, this is the first podcast. Yes, I've been extremely busy. Actually, at one point, a lot of I was I was considering not even doing the podcast, um, largely because my co-host really busy. You know, he had a baby recently. He doesn't have that much time anymore. Um, I'm also extremely busy. If you don't know, I'm a lawyer, uh, which takes up a ton of my time. Uh, on top of that, you know, I run the Laker social media page on Instagram at Laker Memes Eight One Eight. Uh, if you're not following, go ahead and please follow on Instagram. I changed the name uh, over the summer. So the new Instagram name is Laker Memes 818. Tons of funny content, highlights, news. You know, it's your source of everything Lakers. Please go follow. Lastly, I'm working on an app right now, a social networking app that uh, is going to come out in the next, uh, probably around New Year's sometime. And that's been like my, it's like my passion and my, my, my number one like goal and dream right now in life. So I'm putting a ton of energy into that. So I haven't had a ton of time to get to the podcast, but uh, I was inspired by the games this weekend and just wanted to do one and, you know, get back on it. So uh, I'm doing this podcast today solo. Um, I've hoped to uh, include, you know, my co-host in the near future when he has some time. And I also have another buddy of mine that uh, might help out too. Uh, he just moved back to LA from New York and we'll see if I can get him on the pod. Uh, Cause it's always more fun when you have a convo. But anyways, let's get into this podcast. So the Lakers, after starting the season, losing five of their first seven games have won seven of their last nine games. We have a record of nine and seven. Two games above 500. We are currently tied for seventh place in the Western Conference. Playoffs, baby. Uh, tied for seventh with the Pelicans, I believe. Uh, the NBA, let's look at the standings. It's, it's, it's an interesting start to the season out West. Um, the Warriors, hey, the Warriors, look out. Possible implosion. Possible implosion in Golden State. Um... Yeah, recently, I'm sure you guys heard, there's a whole blow up with Draymond and Durant. Draymond called him a bitch, and he also said, go ahead and leave. We won before you got here. We don't need you. Uh, speculation is going crazy right now. Durant, is he coming to the Lakers? Is he going to stay in the Bay? Everyone, pretty much every reporter I've watched, is everyone saying he's gone from the Warriors. Now, no one's conclusively can say where he's going to go, but everyone's saying he's going to leave Golden State after this season. When I think about it, I mean, what I can't think of what actually, okay, there's two teams I could see him going to. The Knicks, no. The Knicks, I can't see that. The Knicks, they suck. Porzingis, I, I would not rely on a 7 3 skinny boy who tore his ACL already. Like, I, I would not, that's not a safe place. If I'm trying to go team up with him, honestly, the only two teams I could see him wanting to go to are 
our Lakers and Boston, unfortunately. Uh, I don't see Philadelphia and I don't see Toronto really. No, I definitely don't see Toronto. Yeah, I really only see Lakers or Celtics. And between those two, I think the Lakers would be the have the better chance of getting him. So that'd be crazy. Um, anyways, let's talk about these standings. So right now, as of what's today's date? Today is the Monday, November 19th. Thanksgiving coming up this week. Portland is in first place, who we just beat last week. Golden State second, Memphis third, Flippers are fourth, Oklahoma City fifth. They've, they've been winning a ton recently. Denver sixth, Lakers seventh, Pelicans eighth. Now, there's three teams outside of the playoffs right now that a lot of people would think uh, would make the playoffs and, you know, most likely will. That's including, that's the Rockets, the Spurs, and I just lost it. Who was it? Um, Rockets, Spurs, and the Jazz. I definitely think the Rockets will make it in there. I mean, for, look, from this list, Memphis and the Clippers, I mean, I, I have a tough time seeing them making the playoffs. Like, if I had to guess today, I would throw Houston and San Antonio. I'd switch them for the Clippers and Memphis. Um, I mean, just have them in the playoffs realistically at the end of the season. And Utah, too. I mean, Utah's going to have to... I, I think Utah will fit in there somewhere, too. I don't know who... Maybe they're going to take the Pelicans' place, but the Pelicans are good. Denver's good. You know, OKC, they're, they got a good regular season team. Um, so it's going to be interesting. The West is crazy right now. I think I just... I just read... I just saw that the difference between first place and 14th place, which is Minnesota, is only four and a half game difference. So the West is really tight. Um, but this is good for the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers, realistically, we, we could grab, you know, we get as high as two or three in the next week or two. Um, we'll talk, we'll look at our schedule at the end of the podcast. Um, but yeah, let's, let's move on. Uh, what are we going to do today's podcast? I'm going to just freestyle this podcast mostly. Uh, since we've already played 16 games, I'm not going to go through all of them. I'll probably just touch on the last few, give my insights into that. I'm going to look at the the stats this season so far, team stats and individual stats. And I'm just gonna go through each player and kind of give uh, what, I've, what I've seen so far, just my opinion, analysis. Um, why don't we start with uh, some team stats. So the Lakers, I'm, so these are just comparing this year so far to last season. I just wanted to do that just so we can kind of see where we're at, what's the difference, what's going on. Points per game. Right now, we are fifth in the NBA in points per game at 116.7 points per game. Compared to last year, we averaged 108 points per game. Now, we gotta talk about this because there's a lot going on here and it's not necessarily related to Lakers, just the NBA as a whole. The NBA, the defense is, you can't play defense anymore. You just can't play defense anymore in this league. They, this player movement rule, they've, they've decided to enforce now like you if your man is off ball like you can't even touch him or else you're gonna call a foul so everyone's cutting free willy-nilly just getting layups to the basket i'm not hating when i say this but you know 
you know something's weird when like Blake Griffin's getting 50, Derrick Rose getting, everyone's getting 50. Everyone's hit 50 this season already. It's just, it's just, it's not, I mean, it's just change. It's just, it's just a change. So Lakers averaging 116, uh, eight, they're averaging what, about nine points more than last year. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, our offense is, yeah, our offense is not the problem. We have really good offense. It's the defense, which we'll talk about. Um, let's move on. Field goal percentage. This season, we're shooting 47.8% from the field, sixth in the NBA currently. Last year, we shot 46.1%. So it's a little, it's a nice little increase. Three-pointers. Uh, it's, it's mostly the same as this year from last year. This year, we're making 11 out of 33s, which is, well, us making 11 threes a game. That's 15th in the NBA. Last year, we made 10 threes a game out of 29 shots. So... Mostly the same. I mean, but our percentage has gone up a little bit. This year, we're shooting 36% from the three-point line, which is 11th in the NBA. Last year, we shot 34.5%. Free throw percentage, shooting 73% from the free throw line, which is 23rd in the NBA. Not great, um, but better than last year. Uh, last year, we shot 71.4%. Turnovers. Turnovers slightly better this season, but not great. Averaging 15.4 turnovers per game, which is 20th, 20th in the NBA, meaning 20th, like worse. Uh, and last year we averaged 15.8 turnovers per game, so eh, not that big a difference. Offense, let's look at the offensive rating and defensive rating. I honestly don't know exactly how they calculate these, but I know they're pretty decent indicators of offense and defense in the league. Um, offensive rating is 111 right now, which is ninth in the NBA. Pretty good. Compared to last year, offensive rating was 106, which was 23rd in the NBA. So our offense has jumped uh, 14 places in the offensive rating statistic. Defensive rating. Last year, we were 109. No, 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 sorry. This year, we're 109, which is 20th in the NBA. Last year, we were 107 which was 13th in the NBA. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of insight into those numbers, but I did want to just say them. Um, I, I, I don't know if you guys, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is not a podcast for advanced stats and advanced analytics. No, this is just pure basketball talk, um, just mostly giving, offering insights and opinion on what you see, see with the naked eye. And I don't really look at, I like to look at general stats, but I'm not, I'm not some analytics nerd. I don't, I don't really, it's, it's cool, it's fun, but it's not my thing exactly. Um, let's look at pace. So by the way, on the defensive rating, so we dropped. So last year we were 20th in the NBA, our defensive rating. This, uh, I mean, this year we were 20th so far. Last year we were 13th place. Yeah, the defense, our defense is just, it is, atrocious i mean just think about this on saturday when we played orlando the orlando scored 130 points on us with no overtime i mean i remember they hit 100 at the end of the third quarter and you remember the days when in the nba when 75 points at the end of three quarters was a norm you know now we're giving up every, pretty much every game this year i feel like we're in the 90s uh both our team and the other team at the end of three quarters but it's just so different than what it used to be Pace, uh, we're fourth in the NBA in pace at 
the number this number is 105. Uh, and last year we were third in pace at 101. So you can see the pace in the NBA is picking up because last year we were third with 101. This year we're fourth with 105. I'm also not exactly sure how they calculate the pace statistic, but whatever. Um, opponent field goal percentage. Opponents are shooting 46.1% from the field against us. That puts us at 16th place in the NBA. Last year, team shot worse. They shot 45.6%, which had us at 10th in the NBA. Again, so every, so far, everything we've seen, the offense is going up, defense. Um, opponent three-point field goal percentage this year Teams are shooting 36.3% against us, which puts us at 19th in the NBA. Last year, we were we were really good. We were third in the NBA. We allowed only 34.6% from the three-point line. Um, blocks per game, not a big deal, really. I mean, well, we have JaVale McGee now, which is night and day versus Brooke Lopez in there. Uh, although Brooke Lopez, hey, he had some decent blocks for the season, but McGee is just eating everything up and the addition of Tyson Chandler too. Remember his game-saving block against the Hawks. Uh, so right now we're averaging 6.1 blocks per game, which is seventh in the NBA. Last year we averaged 4.7 blocks per game, which was 17th in the NBA. This stat is interesting. Opponent points in the paint. This year we're pretty much dead last. We're in 29th place, allowing 53.4 points in the paint. Last year we were dead last. We were the worst at, we allowed the most points in the paint. We gave it 49 points. So you can just see like how the, the numbers are just, the numbers are just all up across the board. Statistics are up, player point per games are up, teams are scoring more. Um, yeah, so that's that for the, some team stats that I just wanted to touch on. Uh, let's move on to, let's talk about some of the players. This is gonna be fun. Um, I guess we should start with LeBron James averaging 29, 8, and 7. Typical LeBron numbers. Um, he's, you know, he it's changing to a new team, playing with young guys. He, he's just adjusting. Uh, I At no point, like, to me, I just hate, I hate when the media reacts to every new thing like it's, like every day there's a new thing. Like, oh, one game LeBron's the best player on earth. The next day he plays bad. Oh, what's going on with LeBron? The next day he plays good again. Oh, he's so good. Like there's no consistent analysis on it. But I mean, I wasn't surprised by his, I don't even know if you want to call it a slow start, but um, yeah, I mean, he's just adjusting. Like this is what he does. Like I just saw something today that when he joined the Heat, he was eight and seven to start. When he joined the Cavs the second time, he was eight and seven to start. With this Laker team, he's eight and seven to start. But you think about it, it's actually probably more impressive his eight and seven with the Lakers because he is in the tougher Western Conference, playing with younger guys who have never been there before. I mean, for him to start eight and seven with D Wade and Chris Bosh out East versus eight and seven with you know Ingram and Lonzo and Kuzma, these guys. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive compared relative to what he's done before. So no reason to panic. Any Laker fan panicking about our record, please don't. Like it's, it takes time to adjust. Um, 
and he so two things recently well LeBron had two blowout games recently I mean he had a 44 point game uh and on our last game against Miami he blew up for 51 just man he's been popping threes like it's nothing like I started I've been noticing that he like jumps even less now in his three-pointers like he's just so strong like even now he's pulling it from 30 feet and like barely jumping which is crazy um he, he's hit 14 of his last 23 pointers on the season he's shooting 39 point let's just say 40 percent from three-point line which is great I remember when I looked at that stat a week and a half ago it was 29 percent so he, that's, he's just been shooting really well recently now I wouldn't rely on it though. I don't I mean I like obviously I love him when the three ball goes in but the idea of Le relying on LeBron to pop 28 foot three pointers like game in and game out I mean that would not that would not be my strategy if I was coaching the team I mean for sure yeah I'm not gonna t I wouldn't tell LeBron not to not to shoot those shots but that would not be my game plan to rely on LeBron 26 27 footers like you know I that's that's just me but um um but yeah we'll talk about that but his defense we gotta talk about his LeBron's defense virtually I mean, he's just look he's just not playing defense anymore really I mean he's just picking and choosing the spots I was t I mean LeBron this is what everyone has to realize about LeBron you, when you think about when you're thinking about what LeBron is doing you have to put yourself into a business mentality this guy is the ultimate businessman and I swear, when you watch him play and you hear the words he talks or he says, it's all like geared towards like, it's just all like a business mentality. And what I mean by that is this. LeBron knows what he signed a four-year contract with us. He's already said his dream, his goal would be to play with his son in the NBA. That means he would have to play another at least four years plus one, so five years. That's if they change the rule to get rid of the requiring kids to go to college for a year. So I mean, he would have to play at least five seasons. Now, if they don't change that rule, if kids have to go to college for a year or whatever, then that means he needs to stay six seasons. So he knows this. He knows this. And what he knows, even though he's not that old age-wise, um, he's what, 33? I mean, the amount of miles on his body, it's, it's just, it's different. Now think about it like this. I, I was doing the math. So he's made it to what eight straight finals, right? Let's just say he averages over that stretch playing five games around. I, it probably, I won't be surprised if it's a little more, it's probably in between five and six. But let's just say he plays five games per round. That means he played at 20 games per year in the playoffs. 20 times eight. What's 20 times eight? 160. That's basically two, that means so 160 games he's played, playoff games over the last eight years. That means in an eight year stretch, he not only played the entire regular season NBA, you have to add on two more regular seasons to that. Just say do 160 divided by 80, or divided by 82, you know what I mean? It's two seasons. That's insane, think about that. This dude's played two more full seasons than everyone else over the last eight years without extending the amount of time, you know, needed for that. Like, it was just, you know, think about it. Teams that don't make playoffs, they go home in April. Some teams get bounced in the first round, but this dude's made it to eight straight finals. 160 extra games over the last eight years. It's crazy. So, and basically what he's done, you can just tell. And it's not, I want to say this too. I think a lot of, a lot of Laker fans, 
maybe did not watch LeBron James over the last couple years in Cleveland. This is not new what he's doing. He, this isn't him not playing defense. That's not new. He's been he, he's been doing that. He strategizes. Look, if he needs to lock down, he can lock down for sure. But he knows just game in and game out. Like he needs to conserve some energy, and he's just decided I need to do that by not by not running around as much. And if you look, the Lakers, he's never guarding anyone that good to start the games. Like Ingram's usually starting on, you know, the good uh, shooting guard or small forward or, or something. Um, you'll notice LeBron, if he gets fouled on a layup, he doesn't get back on defense, just complains to the ref. I mean, these are all things you can criticize him for, but no, it's like, it's just a business decision. I mean, it's, it's, He's not going to, he's not, I remember one play, which, who was it against? Against the, oh, that Raptors game where we got clobbered. Um, he, like, he could have taken a charge. I remember someone drove down the lane. He just moved out the way. He's like, I'm not, it's a business decision. Like, I'm not, I don't have the energy to take the charge right now. Um, but he's just so good. He, you see what he's doing on offense. He's so good as a leader at everything else, the intangibles that you're not going to argue with it. Like, you're just not. Like, I'm not, like, even, look, I love defense. I want players to play defense, but I'm not going to tell LeBron, hey, dude, you need to start playing defense. Like, this dude knows what he's doing. He's smarter than ever. He, I'm sure he's done tons of analytics and stuff on figuring out what he needs to do to conserve energy to last another five years. Um, anything else on LeBron? Um, yeah, he's going for, you know, he's, he's up there in the MVP race right now. Uh, I'm sure he's a top five candidate at the moment. Well, we're in seventh place, so. But, you know, I think I think the Lakers are starting to gel right now, and we're probably going to start winning more games. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Let's move on to, let's just go by points per game, I guess. So next leading scorer on the team is Kyle Kuzma, averaging 17 points per game, five rebounds, um, no assists, really. No steals. No blocks. Uh, you know, Kuzma. I, I, you know, you guys know if you listen to the podcast last year, I'm a pretty big Kuzma guy. Uh, and it's just, it's clear so far this season that he and LeBron have great rapport. Um, I mean, Kuzma. He's he's really impressed me with his off-ball offense. He's cutting, getting layups. He's curling around screens. Like LeBron's finding him bounce pass layups. Um, the only thing about Kuzma so far this season, which I it's it will turn around, is just the shooting, the three point percentage. He's shooting under thirty percent from three right now, uh, which is I mean compared to last year. Last year he shot. Let's look at this. Um, last year he shot thirty, almost thirty seven percent from three, and right now it's under thirty percent. So I mean that's gonna pick up. And once he, yeah, I mean think about it, he's averaging seventeen without being able to hit that three right now too well. So, you know, that number, you know, should definitely, I can see it getting up to 18 points per game this year. Um, anything else about the coups? Shooting good on from twos, actually. Shooting 50, 57% on his two-pointers. And that's, again, just from all the off-ball movement. He's getting layups. Like, he's getting layups from LeBron. Um, yeah, no, Kuzma, he's, he's, he's doing his thing. And, um... Uh, once we see that shooting, per the three-point percentage go up, and he's popping more of those threes, it's he's gonna have a it's gonna be a fantastic season for him. Let's move on to Brandon Ingram, who I probably have I have a lot to say about Mr. Ingram. Um, Ingram's averaging 15.2 points per game. 
Um, four and a half rebounds, two assists, under a steal, under a block. Um, interestingly, now, if you know anything about PR, uh, it's purely like an offensive measure, but he's actually right now eighth on the team in PR behind LeBron, Kuzma, McGee, Lance, Rondo, and Lonzo. Ingram, he came into the season. When he came in preseason, he was, he looked like, I thought he had taken the leap, like, after I saw the first few preseason games. But he's, I wouldn't say he's exactly taken that leap, the one I, I thought he, he did or I was hoping. Um, now, I read a lot about him this summer. He went home to North Carolina and basically was working out with Jerry Stackhouse. That's where he's from, North Carolina. Um, and that's also where Jerry Stackhouse is from. He was just working out with Jerry Stackhouse like all summer. I didn't really realize that. He was kind of on his own this summer doing his thing. Um, so you know you put the work in. Like I have no doubts that Ingram, B.I. was putting the work in. But the one thing I'm noticing about Ingram is as opposed to, let's say, Kuzma and Hart and Lonzo, he likes to play at a slower pace. He's a really, his game is very... Like one thing I'll say about Ingram, for example, like I feel like I've never seen him sprinting while dribbling, while he has the ball. Like if he's dribbling up the court, even if it's semi-transition transition, he's just like kind of, I don't know just cause he's so long, but it's like he's, I feel like he's just never sprinting. Like I think he just, in his head, he just, he likes to play the game at a bit of a slower pace. You'll notice, think about when he catches the ball in the wing and they ISO him, he like takes like a good four seconds before he like makes a move, he just kind of like, jabs a bit is kind of seeing what's going on um i i do wish he would kind of was able to speed up his game because this team is i mean and just listen to luke walton and all and or magic johnson all they're talking about his pace and moving the ball and pushing it and i feel like he should be a killer like he should be like he should be like he should look as good as kuzma off ball like cutting and and getting like easy buckets but i always find he's he takes tough shots like he loves, and one thing I'm not loving is that he he's really likes taking tough two-pointers, like long twos. Like he loves taking 15-footers, 12-footers, 17-footers, and you know, it's a great shot to have, but you know, we all know the NBA is is uh, changing to the three-point line. And look, look, look at this, three-pointers a game. LeBron shooting six threes a game, Kuzma shooting five threes a game, Josh Hart shooting five threes a game, Lonzo shooting four and a half threes a game, KCP shooting over three, three, three threes a game, and Brandon Ingram only 1.93 attempts per game. And he's second in minutes on the team. He's averaging the second most minutes behind LeBron. Just like I was saying all last year, like I wish he would pop that three some more, just pop it. And the percentage is down, like Kuzma two, that will go up. Right now he's shooting 30% from the three point line, which is- uh, That's terrible. Um, compared to last year where he shot 39%. So he's down 9%. It'll go up. It'll definitely be above 36% this season. I hope it's 39. That'd be fantastic. But he needs to shoot it more. He's a good shooter. I always say when I used to watch him at Duke, I mean, his game was shooting threes. Like he was just, go watch Duke highlights of Brandon Ingram. Like he was shooting that thing like it was nothing. Like I thought coming out, he was a shooter. But then so far in the NBA, his game's definitely been more like about driving to the basket. And uh, now it's... I mean, look, I'm sorry. Look, I'm just going to say it. 
Like you're not Kobe. I mean, you're not. You don't have that Kobe skill yet. I mean, you shouldn't be shooting 16 foot fadeaways with the defender on you. You know, he he comes around screens and like pump fakes and then shoots a 15 footer. It's like, dude, just go. And uh, another thing that kind of, I'm not. I I love Ingram, but I just have to. I'm just keeping it real on what I see. One thing that does bother me too about Ingram, he just he doesn't dunk it when he clearly can dunk it when he drives down the lane. Like so many times, like he just lays it in or goes up like kind of soft or weak like dude there's so, you're so long like you probably barely have to jump to dunk like if you get down the lane and your your hand is if i see a layup where you know brandon ingram his hand is only eight inches from the basket i know he could have dunked that thing and 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 brought the crowd to a roar and got everyone's energy up but energy hey energy that's one thing about him i always said it last year he's 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 kind of been like he's Mr. Stud or he's, he's a dud or a stud, you know, most nights. And one thing that's good that I, I looked at before the podcast that I like is he's only had one game this season where he had under 10 points. Now that uh, I do like because last year it was like he'd have four points then 13 then five then 18. Then I, I think you just got to like, you're too good to not you should you're too good to not score at least um 12 13 points every single night like i don't care if it's off night like you're too good so just keep that up um he's average i say he's averaging 15 which is down last year he averaged 16 but of course lebron's there and um you know he you can tell ingram is is definitely you you can tell he needs probably the most of all like the young studs the most adjustment to playing with lebron because i mean ingram he likes to have the ball in his hands the lakers have had him playing point guard since his rookie year, and now you bring in a small forward in LeBron James, who is the best point guard in, in basketball, pretty much. And so the opportunities for him to play point guard or to be the playmaker and creator um, are just not the same as it was last year. Plus, you add the addition of Rondo now, that takes about a little bit more away. Now, one thing I do love that I learned about Ingram this year that I actually didn't really know, but it makes sense is, dude, this dude is, this dude is a G. Like, this dude is not afraid of nothing. This is the type of dude that will squabble with anyone. Like, and even though he's skinny as hell, you can tell this dude's not afraid. That Rockets fight, that was sick. Like, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not condoning or saying, like, I want Ingram to throw punches in every fight, but... I just didn't know that, that that was him, actually. I didn't know that was it. But now you've seen it. You've seen it in a couple games after that. Like, I remember the Portland game. Uh, Nurkic, like, got him to Josh Hart. And, like, Ingram was the first one to, like, get up in Nurkic's face and be like, what's up? And I remember, actually, last year, Lonzo's rookie year, when Jamal Murray um, did that dribble behind Lonzo at the end of that one game, that it was Randall and Ingram that, like, went up in, in Murray's face, like, right after that. Um, and then just even last night against Miami, uh, Ingram got like put back dunked on by uh, what's his name Jones Derek Jones and like Ingram was just pissed like he didn't like like Derek Jones had his legs on his shoulder for on Ingram's shoulders for a second and yeah I was just pissed he told him something he was just cussing him like dude don't ever do that I'll knock you knock you out <laughs> so I do like that part of Ingram dude's definitely got like some some G in him so that, that's what's up um anything else about BI I wanted to talk look uh, this this I don't like I Averaging 2.3 assists and 2.1 turnovers. I mean, the assist to turnover ratio is not great. I mean, someone like him should... But again, like we were saying, they brought LeBron and Rondo, so maybe not not as much opportunities to average assists, but 
I don't like that assisted turnover ratio. Um, anything else about BI that I wanted to touch on? No, let's move on. To JaVale McGee. Hey, this guy is, this guy has been the surprise of the season so far. Absolutely killing it. There's no one, you cannot be a Laker fan this year and not love what JaVale McGee has given us. Averaging 13.4 points per game, seven rebounds, 2.5 blocks. Um, he's second in PR on the team right now. Um, and it's good that he's, he's averaging 25 minutes, which is, I mean, that's probably the max he can do. And the Lakers realized that, which is why we went and got Tyson Chandler. I read that Jabril McGee, he actually has like a, he basically has asthma. And so it's a reason why, and I think it's just his body type too. Like you can't, you don't want this. I mean, you love to, you wish you could, but he just can't play like 30 plus minutes a night. Like throughout his career, he's been like pretty much capped at like 20. So 20, I, I, I envision his 25 going down even. And you know why? One thing that we'll talk about when I get to Tyson Chandler, which I do love that Luke Walton has done. If you notice, ever since Tyson Chandler came, Tyson Chandler plays in crunch time. He played every, since day one, the, I remember who was the, the first game he played, uh, I can't remember who it was against, but for even that game, he played the last five minutes of that game. And so, you know, JaVale McGee starts, but Tyson Chandler is finishing games. And I think that will continue. Um, and I, I anticipated McGee was gonna have a great year because he has so many passers and good ball handlers on this team. I mean, you have a center like McGee in the NBA today, surrounded by LeBron, Rondo, Lonzo, uh, Ingram, Lance Stevenson. Like this dude's gonna eat. Like he's just gonna eat alley-oops, drop passes for a dunk. Um, you know, not too much, not too much shacked in a fool so far. You know, one thing that he, you can tell about McGee is like, he is like once he goes or once he makes some moves, like he has no, like he's just like, it's almost like what I used to call Randall. Like it's, it's like a Flint, a Flintstone basketball mentality. Like there's no counter move he has. There's no, it's like if he dribbles towards the basket, he's gonna go for a dunk. Like it's not, even if it's not there, he just has no, there, his, it's almost like he can't react quick enough to make a, a second move. It's just whatever his, his energy puts him, wherever his body or his mind puts him, he's just gonna go for it. Like there's no, like you just can see it. It's really funny. I, I didn't explain that well, but um, <laughs> oh, maybe I'll explain it later uh, next time. Um, <laughs> uh, let's move on to Josh Hart. Josh Hart, I'm loving Josh Hart right now. I'm loving everything he's doing for us. This dude has been super solid. Uh, definitely stepped his game up. You remember he won Summer League MVP. Right now he's averaging 11 points per game, four rebounds, um, 1.4 steals per game, which is nice, and half a block. Josh Hart is just solid. This is the type, of, this is the role player you, you want. Like, this is... He's almost like, he actually reminds me of like a Derek Fisher. He's like a Derek Fisher shooting guard. Not that they play the same, because Derek Fisher was like popping, well Josh Hart does pop threes too, but like just in a sense, he's just a solid dude. Someone you know you can rely on game in, game out. Someone who will provide offense when you need it. Always playing defense. And the great thing about him, just his versatility. The guy can play, he can guard 
a lot of fours in the NBA today, which is fantastic. And you, you'll notice it's crazy. You'll see in games, if he's in the game with like Kuzma or if he's in the game with Ingram, like he'll guard the four. Like they'll they'll tell him, no, even though he's five inches shorter than both of those guys, he's guarding the fours if, if they need to. Um, and he's shooting, look, he's shooting, look, he's shooting great so far. He's shooting 43% from three so far this season, which is fantastic. Um, I, I hope he can, if he stays above 40% this season, that'd be amazing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I only have good things to say about him. Um, how many minutes? Let's see, he's averaging 26 minutes a game. So he's averaging four less minutes than Kuzma and about five less minutes than Ingram. Um, now, I don't, this is not shade or hate on on BI, but for, I, I for some reason would love to see, and just as an experiment, I'm not saying this is gonna work or this is better, but I actually really think if they put Hart at the two and brought BI off the bench, which I know they won't, they're just not gonna do that, but I, I feel like that for some reason would be that would be cool, and why? And why I think that it has nothing to do about negativity on Ingram. I just think, like, I mean, Hart, he's well, he's shooting the three well. He also he has great rapport with LeBron. He likes to run, like he just goes, um, like he'll sprint, like he sprints with the ball. And that way, you actually now you have Bi come in for LeBron. Now he can kind of be the LeBron on the court, like he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to play. He can just come in and be the LeBron, like sub out for him or something. I don't know. It's just that's just some, just something I was thinking about. But I, I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, but uh, which is fine. Let's talk about Lance Stevenson. Lance will make him dance. Started the season really well. Kind of been struggling recently. Although he had a good game. Was it last night? I know he had 19. I can't remember if that was against Orlando or Miami. Um, He's averaging nine points on the season, three and a half boards, two assists. Um, I love Lance. I've been I've loved Lance for the last decade because he's so entertaining. Dude has one of the sickest crossover highlights in NBA history. I mean, this dude has nasty handles. Every time he gets the ball, it's like it's something flashy. Like even just dribbling up the court, like he'll do like he'll just run in a funny way or do like a little move or. Um, yeah, he. Had, I remember earlier in the, well, early in the season, he he had a he had a really good stretch. I think that was when Rondo and Ingram were suspended. Uh, I remember he saved. Yeah, he saved the Denver game. I remember he had those two huge threes in the middle of the fourth quarter when we were down like ten. I remember. Um, but recently he's he's kind of been in the doghouse uh, for Luke, which I think. I don't know, I feel like he's, he was put in the doghouse kind of quickly, but he has been kind of shooting bad long twos and he just hasn't been shooting that well. But no, I love Lance and I, I really, I can't say anything negative about him because I just, I really like the guy. So we move on to Rondo. Rondo averaging 8.5 points per game, four and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, uh, a, steal per, a steal per game. No, Rondo's just, I mean, he's doing his thing. He's just being Rondo. Um, he, 
What I do like that I've noticed is like he does attack the basket. Now he's not a great finisher, but I, I feel like I've seen a bunch of times where like he attacked the basket, put up a layup that bricked, but then because he like sucked in the center, like McGee or Chandler just got like a dunk right away, just offensive rebound, just dunk. Um, uh, now he just what fractured his hand against, uh, I'm forgetting the games now, but was it Orlando? Or no, 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 it was Portland. Fractured his hand against Portland last week. He's gonna be out, uh, they said what, like around four weeks, about a month. Now this gives Lonzo, what we're gonna talk about soon, a great opportunity. Um, he played really well when Rondo was suspended after the Rockets fight. Um, so, you know, that's, and I think that's a good thing for Lonzo. But Rondo, he's definitely, I mean, you, the guy is a coach on the court. The guy is coaching when he's not in the game. The guy is always talking. You can tell, you can tell LeBron likes having Rondo around um, just to be like the vocal leader majority of the time. I think LeBron, he's definitely a vocal leader, but I don't think he's the type of dude who's going to like consistently be coaching and talking to players throughout a game. Like he, he's, he needs to stay, you know, keep his energy you know, he needs to conserve himself. But Rondo, he's just, dude's just talking his mouth. And he's had so many hilarious moments this season already. Like, dude is like a troll on the court, just messing with other teams, just high-fiving opponents and talking to fans. And the guy, the guy is funny. Um, um, I'm glad that, I mean, he started the season at point guard. I'm. Gl it was kind of a saving, it was kind of, I think it's a good thing that Lonzo's starting now. Um, but no, I mean, Rondo, I mean, that's a, you can't complain about it. If he's your backup point guard, that's that's a solid backup point guard. Let's see what he's shooting from three. Um, he's shooting, hey, he's, wow, he's shooting 43% from three. Obviously not a lot of attempts, but that's good. I mean, yeah, 43%, can't complain about that. Uh, and that fight with, with uh, well, we don't need to really get into the fight, but that was funny with Chris Paul. Everyone in the NBA has been waiting for Chris Paul to get decked, so that was funny. Uh, let's move on to KCP. Well, him and Lonzo, let's just talk about Lonzo because they both, him and KCP are averaging the same amount of points per game. 7.8 points per game for Lonzo. Five rebounds, five assists, one steal. And he's only had two blocks this season, actually, on the whole. So he's only averaging his, his blocks per game are really low as compared to last year. But under two turnovers, that's that's good. All right, Lonzo, lots of lots to talk about here. Let's just talk about the defense first. Dude is man. This guy is honestly one of the best. When he's engaged, look. Okay, let me just feel like this. One of the best off-ball defenders in the NBA already, I would say. Like, you can just, even last year, how many times would he just come out of nowhere, double-team and just rip it from someone or play the passing lanes? I mean, his off-ball IQ is off the charts. And he does this thing, it's amazing to me, where, like, someone, the other team would be, someone, a player on the other team would be holding the ball or be getting a rebound, and somehow Lonzo's eyes, it's like he sees it in slow motion. He's able to just, like, pop his hand and just get the ball free with a steal and it's it's incredible because i mean i play basketball a lot and that way when i see him do that kind of stuff i'm like wow like you have to be 
your hand-eye coordination has to be insane to, to be able to, because it's like he has like a split, not even a second to, to poke the ball from someone, and he just gets it clean. I love when he cookie Jamal Murray. Um, that Nuggets game was sick, which I have to talk about. Um, let's talk about his on-ball defense. Now, he's not always super engaged, but you can, when he is like in lockup mode, and he's he is an incredible on-ball defender. And even when he's not, he's a, he's a good on-ball defender. I think he definitely needs help uh, learning how to get around screen still, but and that's something everyone needs help with, especially he's so young. Um, but no, his defense is uh, really good, and th and that's that's pretty cool, especially in the NBA, which has become a more point guard driven league. To have a a solid defender at that position is uh, a really good thing. When we played the Blazers last week, Lonzo just was, I mean the statistics on Lillard shooting when Lonzo was on him was really bad which is really good for us um talk about his offense um dude has uh airballed at least eight or nine shots this season i mean i'm talking about like wide open jumpers like i mean i'm not you know i play basketball casually like i'm not I'm not a hooper or anything in any way. Well, I played basketball my whole life, but I'm just not. I just play like at LA Fitness all the time. And I'm telling you, the air balls he's had this year, like if I shot those same shots, I would hit the rim at least. Like, And what's crazy about it is, <laughs> I was joking with my friend, it's like this season it seems to either he swishes it or it air balls, which is really weird. So it's all mental. It's all mental. It's. I mean, he. I mean, Lonzo. He's one of those people you can just tell by his body language whether he's engaged in the game or not. Like he just, it's like an open book reading that guy when he's on the court. Sadly, most of the time he's. I feel like he's disengaged. Um, I mean, how much? I mean, there's so much we can get into with his offense. I mean, okay, like, just think about it like this: the last two games, last night against Miami, two points; the night before against Orlando, zero points. That's it's it's unacceptable really and i know and there's so many people i say i see saying oh alonzo he doesn't need to score he's effective in every other way it's like no the team already has good offense no 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 that's not that's not how i feel like you should think about it i mean the way you should think about it is like this two different things first of all you know i can we, we compare this dude to we're going to compare him to the kids the jason kid the nash uh, um, he's not like Stockton so much, but a Stockton, a kid, Nash, Stockton, just a pure, a pure pass first point guard. Now, what did those guys all do? Those all dudes all in, were putting up at least, you know, 14, 15 a game while doing all the other intangibles. I mean, what would, what would, what would Jason Kidd's career have been like? Just hypothetically, he was at putting up six points per game, but also was doing like nine rebounds and nine assists. Now this dude would be getting roasted. Like, now the thing is, you just, over long term, it's just not, I don't see it sustainable. If he's not able to put up 10 points per game, like if team, if team, think about it like this, if you, if the other team knows you can't shoot and they're sagging off you, that makes it harder for all your teammates to score because now you have one defender Lonzo's defender, I'm talking about, just just sagging off him, able to play help side on everyone else. Like, that's not a good look for the team. Definitely needs to pick it up on the offensive end. I mean, and the thing is, it's all mental. It's all mental with him. 
Uh, I'm going to offer my opinion on Lonzo because, I mean, I'm, I was huge on him coming out of the draft. I really think the Lakers have, like, have he's just been poorly coached or so far. And what I mean by that is this. When you have a Jason Kidd type person or a LeBron or a Nash, you put the ball in the dude's hands and let him go and be creative. Like, Lonzo, I swear, most of the time it looks like he's the fourth point guard on this team. It's like LeBron, then Rondo, then Ingram sometimes before Lonzo. Like, Lonzo, to me, is not a two guard. Like, like think the thought that Lonzo could play the two. Now, I'm not saying he can't play off ball all the time, but the thought of him being like a two out there, like for a whole stretch of eight minutes, to me, is ridiculous. Like, first of all, he can't even shoot. I mean, well, I mean, well actually, maybe I should take that back because even though he's airballed a bunch of shots, well, now his three-point percentage dropped to 34%. But he was above 40% for a while. But no, I mean, you can't be airballing shots and shooting, what is he shooting, 60% from the free throw line and call yourself a shooter. Like, that's just not, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just not going to be the case. And second of all, it's like you just give the creator the ball. I mean, obviously you have LeBron and he has to have the ball too, but... I just wish, I really feel like Lonzo should have the ball in his hands more. Like, he should be the one creating. But then at the same time, I can say this too. Like, when he does have the ball, he seems to just give it up, like, instantly. Like, he just, a lot of times he's so disengaged, so not aggressive. And, I don't know, just a lot to figure out with him. Just just, just psychologically, I think. Um, I mean, the dude had a ton to deal with. I agree with Skip Bayless when he always, he always says this. Lonzo had to deal with some of the, one of the most scrutinized rookie years of all sports in any in all of history um just because of his dad and being on the lakers and um and that can and the kid is like i mean he seems like a pretty quiet kid and i you know it can it can it can be i mean pressure which i talked about on a previous podcast like they say it either pressure can either bust pipes or it can create diamonds and you know, we're still trying to see what it's going to do, but I still have high hopes for Lonzo. Um, I just think, I mean, hopefully with Rondo out for this month, hopefully he can find a rhythm and just, you know, all, this is all I would ask for Lonzo. On, like, just just get, I mean, at least during his sophomore year for the rest of 2018, uh, just get you get eight points every game just get at least eight points every game that's all i would ask i mean last year he averaged 10 points per game now we have a bunch of people his minutes are down i mean let's look at the minutes he's averaging 26 minutes per game this year last year he averaged 34.2 minutes per game so he's playing eight less minutes per game than last year which is pretty crazy i mean that's and I'm having another criticism about Luke Walton. That, to me, the idea, like, I remember there was a game, I think it was the Timberwolves game, but I think there's been others too, where Lonzo didn't even see a minute of fourth quarter action, not even a second. To me, that is insane. Like, that, I mean, that is crazy. How can your starting point guard, someone who's in the rotation, not play a minute in the fourth quarter. I don't care how bad he's playing. You play him. Like, he needs to play those minutes. I mean, I don't care if he just plays the first three minutes of the fourth quarter. There should never be a game Lonzo does not play a second in the fourth quarter. I don't care how bad he's playing. That is just, that is poor coaching to me. 
and not because I think oh, that's gonna mess him up. Oh, he's gonna think he sucks. No, I don't think that. I just think it's just, it's just like, it's petty. It's just petty. What do you I mean? What player doesn't play in the fourth quarter that starts? Like, not even a second. That's ridiculous. I'd like to see Lonzo's minutes go up. Let's see. He's averaging 26 minutes per game. Rondo's averaging 25. Um, I would. I'd like to see, you know, towards the end of the season, Lonzo's minutes going up and. Uh, Rondo's going down. That's what I would like to see. And obviously, Lonzo has to earn it, but, you know. Um, all right, anything, anything else I want to say about Lonzo? Uh, yeah, just stop airballing, bro. Just come on. Just, please. You got to stop Stay Stop the airballs. Um, let's talk about Tyson Chandler. Great pickup. I was saying all season. I mean, you, I mean, it was it was clear the glaring hole in the Lakers roster coming into preseason and the regular season was not having a backup center. Zubak, I'm sorry, this dude is not. This dude just. I don't know how long he's gonna last in the NBA. I don't think that long. Um, dude can. I mean, he can. He's got. A, he's got a nice offensive side to his game, but dude cannot play defense at all. I mean, he just can't pick up his feet. He's like really heavy-footed, like, just like how, remind me of, like, Brooke Lopez, like, he just, like, actually, watching him play defense is pretty funny, like, it actually makes me laugh a lot of times, just the way his feet, like, bounce and move around, he, like, he tries really hard, but, so Tyson Chandler, great pickup, I love the reports that, apparently, they're saying that James Jones, who is part of Phoenix's management, and who was on all of LeBron's uh, Miami and Cleveland teams, well, the late, not the first round of Cleveland teams, but the second round, is helped out his boy Braun by releasing Tyson Chandler from the Suns, and that's awesome, and I, t I totally believe it, I'm telling you, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about LeBron's business mentality, like, he has his hand on so many things in the NBA and outside the NBA, like, he just... It's beautiful. Like you make, why do you make connections? You make connections so you can get hooked up later in life. And his boy James Jones hooked him up with a, a nice pickup. Like um, Tyson Chandler, just solid. Like I said before, you can rely on this guy. 18, 18th year in the NBA, pretty old, but for what we need him for, which is just about 15 to 20 minutes a night, he can definitely do what we need him to do, which is basically just be a JaVale McGee. Just guard the paint. Catch lobs, get the rebounds, um, talk talk on D. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. Won a championship in Dallas. He's from SoCal, which is great. He turned he turned down playing for the Warriors to come to the Lakers because he said he could only see himself in a Laker jersey at this point in his career. That again is because he's from SoCal and was a Laker fan growing up. You love to hear things like that. And one of my favorite things about Tyson that we got, oh, also former Defensive Player of the Year. And one of my favorite things about getting him is the fact that he and LeBron played together in the 2012 Olympics. Uh, I think that kind of, th that stuff to me is great. Like if players have had rapport like that, and, and Tyson Chan was a starter on that team too, you have to remember. He started with LeBron on that 2012 Olympic team. And all Tyson Chan was responsible for on that Olympic team, catching lobs, guarding the paint, getting rebounds, which is all we're asking him to do here. So that was a really uh, solid pickup. Other names on this list, I don't know if they're worth talking about. Zubak barely played. Now that we got Chandler, is 
never going to play. Michael Beasley barely played. Svi Mikhailuk hasn't played too much. He had a nice game against, I think, Orlando, was it? He scored, he hit a few threes. But we have so many guards on this team um, that there's just not a lot of minutes for him right now. But I do, I do like what he brings, the shooting. Uh, I want to see what he's shooting from the three right now so far. Um, he's shooting... I know it's not great. Yeah, only 30%, but obviously it's a really low sample size. Mo Wagner, he just came back. He played. He's barely, he hasn't even played really. Oh, I forgot to talk about KCP. Let's talk about KCP. KCP, well, he started this season horribly. Like That guy could not hit water if he fell out of a boat. Seriously. and But he's picked up the last three or so games. I think he's hit double figures in the last three or four games. Last night against Miami, he was he was really good. He scored 19 points, hit some threes. Um, you, you, if, if KCP can be the KCP that he is, this Laker team is way better because the way he started this season, I remember he started the season, he was shooting 35% from the field, could not hit a shot. Laker fans calling for this dude to be dropped, traded. If you listen to the podcast last year, you know I'm actually I like KCP. Like I don't love him, but I like him. Like I think he's solid. Like, but what he was doing the first ten games of the season was just atrocious. Like, I, but let's see now what he's shooting from the three. He's shooting thirty-three percent from the three-point line. So hey, it's better than Kuzma. Um, shooting forty percent from the field, which is up from what it was earlier this season. So no, I think if KCP can be, because basically he's what? We have Rondo off the bench. We have Hart. He's basically like our eighth man, really. Um, with with Rondo out, he's like the seventh man. But if K, a solid KCP is your eighth man, that's a good, that means your team is, that's a that's a deep team at the very least. And our team is deep. Um, yeah, KCP, um, just got to keep it up, bro. Stay hot, stay shooting. All right, that's it for just my random individual player analysis. Um, feel free to argue with me or anything. Hit me up on the page if you're Laker Memes 818 on Instagram. I will respond to any messages I receive, as I always do. Um, hit me up, tell me what you think about any of that. Uh, let's. No, I just want to close the podcast by talking about the last couple games we played and looking forward ahead to the season um so we played against Miami last night LeBron's return to Miami first time as a Laker and LeBron just he just killed it like you could tell he wanted to you could tell he wanted to send some type of message to not a message but he just wanted to show out for for Riley and Spolstra and the Heat fans dude had 51 points eight rebounds three assists two steals six of eight from the three-point line now when we talk about these three-pointers he's hitting like i said earlier this dude is launching threes from 30 feet away like it's nothing barely jumping and they're in they're not they're they're if they're not swishing they're just dropping right in there they're not they're on the money um i mean he just looked he looked fantastic um uh, now Every win is a good win. Every win is a win you will take. However, for me, I actually thought this game against Miami was not 
was I'm not gonna call it a bad win, but I don't. It wasn't a great win to me. We won by 16, so we did kick that butt. But let me explain. What I saw last night was what I actually really do not want to see, and what that was is LeBron. All I saw was LeBron. I saw LeBron and KCP. Like KCP was randomly hot. But think about it like this. So we beat the Heat by 16 points and KCP had 19 points, which is just, I mean, that's not something we should expect. That's not anything he's been doing this season. I think he's averaging like seven points a game um, this year. So hypothetically, if you were to take away KCP's 19 random points or just cut it by, cut it by, let's say he had five points instead, cut, cut 14 points. That means our win against Miami, we only won, we only win by two. Basically, it's a close game. It's a it's a 50-50 coin cost. I didn't see much from anyone else. Now, Ingram did hit two big shots at the end of the game. But aside from that, like it just literally looked like I texted my friend. I was like, it looks like LeBron is a professional NBA player and everyone else on the team is a college player. And I don't like that because this team is too deep. Um to, to where, you know, not, everyone should be utilized. Lance, zero points. Lonzo, two points. McGee, six points. Hart, five points. Kuzma had 15 points, second on the team. Oh, no. Pope, 19, was second on the team. Kuzma's 15 points was third on the team. But I honestly cannot remember him scoring those points. I think it must have been in the first half or something. I, I think this team should be playing, like, very spread. Like, LeBron should get 30. I mean, if he gets 50, that's great. But I want to see everyone else engaged too. And a part of this, why I think it's, it's turning like this, I don't know who, I guess I'll put it on Luke. We have literally no half-court offense in place. I, I, not that one that I can see. Now we're good, we're good cerebrally in transition, semi-transition, like everyone else had a play, so we look good when we're in transition. But in half-court sets, all I'm seeing is iso ball. Like, I see LeBron ISO. I see Ingram getting on the wing. He ISOs. Um, now you will see. Now you will see those off-ball cuts by McGee and Kuzma, and LeBron will find them. Um, Lonzo, he's just launching. He just launches threes. Like he doesn't. He's not. He's not getting layups or anything in half court. He's he's attempting them, but he's not making any. Um, but yeah, no. My my thing is just with last night's game. Look, I love it. We won. We killed them. But I don't want this, this season should not turn into, this This team should not look like the Cavs last year is my point. Like where it's just LeBron and everyone else is kind of just looks like a JV player doing their role. Like no, LeBron should be doing his thing. Ingram, Kuzma, these dudes should be doing their thing. Looking like threats, offensive threats on the court. At least one other dude every night has to step up, whether that's on offense, whether it's Lonzo, Hart. I mean, Hart's gonna do his thing. Pope, we need two extra guys. So LeBron, LeBron, Ingram, and Kuzma should show out every night. And two other dudes need to show on offense between McGee, Pope, Hart, Stevenson, Lonzo. Um, but it just looked like a, it looked like a one, it looked, it reminded me of like an old Kobe game where we had no one, like an 05. And it was like, it looked like LeBron was playing with like Chris Mim and, and Kwame Brown and Smush Parker. Like I was not, I, I did not like that part of it, but I did love the win. Um, yeah, those are my comments about that game. Let's talk about the night, the game before. Ugly game against Orlando. 
we got crushed by a trash team, which I hate. And these are the games we need to win. We need to rack up wins against Eastern Conference trash. Like, why are we losing to Orlando? Two things from the Orlando side. Nikola Vucevic killed us. We had no answer for him. 36 points, 13 rebounds. And the other thing at the end of the game, this was annoying, but DJ Augustine was just blowing by everyone at the end of the game. I mean, and it was Josh Hart mostly, but I don't blame Josh. I mean, Josh Hart to me is a good defender, but what we saw basically is Josh Hart might not be able to guard the fastest, speediest guys in the league. I mean, I'm not even that Augustine is like, I mean, with the ball, he was fast. Like I watched him go from beyond the three point line to a layup in two seconds, it looked like. And um, he, he was killing us at the end. Um, for the Lakers, yeah, just only high high scoring leader was 22, LeBron, 22 points for LeBron. Lonzo, zero points. Kuzma, eight points. Ingram, 17 points. Six rebounds, seven assists. That was good to see. Ingram had seven assists, you know. Um, Lance had, this was a game, Lance had 19 points. Hart, 13 points. Yeah, so I mean, this game to me, I, I, nah, this game was just trash, actually, what am I saying? <laughs> but um, one thing I thought that was really strange about this game, which... Again, look, Le LeBron has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. I'm telling you, there's nothing Luke Walton, if, Le if Luke Walton tells LeBron to do something, if LeBron doesn't want to do it, or he wants to do something else, he's just gonna do it. Like, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's obvious. If you ever watch the, yeah, it's just obvious. And in this game, it was annoying the fact that like, our starters barely played in the fourth quarter. I mean, you're playing against the Orlando Magic, who's not that good a team. Yes, they were up, what, 15 to 20 at, at certain points, but, like LeBron barely played in the fourth quarter. Um, and then our our bench did kind of cut it to 10 or so. And I, I mean, maybe it, was, it clearly was a game. LeBron was just like, you know what? I'm just going to take this. We just got to take the L. I'm not, I'm not feeling, I don't have the energy or something. Because I don't know, honestly, look, LeBron played 26 minutes. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, he could have played a whole, even if he played a whole nother quarter, 12 minutes, he would still be under 40 minutes in that game. He would be at, he, he basically didn't play, think about this. He played 26 minutes. One half of basketball is 24 minutes. So he really, I don't know. It was strange to me. I, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like it. I didn't like, I don't like losing to Orlando and, but whatever, it happened. Uh, the game, let's do one more game. The game before that was the Blazers game. Now we played them three, three times already. Uh, we won two of them, right? Yeah, I think we won. Yeah, we won two of those. Um, this was a, this was a pretty good game. This is a game LeBron, see here LeBron had 44, 10 boards, nine assists, five of six from three, just ridiculous. But here we had 20 from McGee, we had 17 from Ingram, Lonzo hit double figures, 11 points, Pope 13 points. Like this is, this was nice. I mean, this game, even though LeBron had 44, I didn't have the feeling like I had last night against Miami where it was like, a one-man wrecking crew type of game. Like I, I, this Blazers game, I remember it being like a team effort. I liked it, um, so that was cool. Um, and now we won't see Portland till the last game of the season. First place Portland, who we've beaten twice already. All right, let's look ahead to the rest of the schedule. Um, see what's gonna happen in the near future. So we play the Cavaliers 
on Wednesday in Cleveland. We will win that game. Bottom line. Um, then we play Utah on Friday. I feel like we usually struggle against Utah, but it's definitely a winnable game. I mean, definitely winnable. That's a home game for us. Then we play Orlando on Sunday, and we better win that game. There's no way on earth we're losing to Orlando two times in a row in a in a ten game span. Like, and we're gonna win that game. Then we play the Nuggets on Tuesday, and that's at Denver. Always a tough place to play, but we did beat them earlier. And then we play the Pacers on Thursday, which that game could go. Who knows about that game? But no, we can definitely. I mean, those are all winnable games for sure. Um, so we'll see what happens. I do want to talk. Seeing this Nuggets logo reminds me of the Nuggets game this year, which, other than the game last night, was to me the most exciting game. And that game, man, Lonzo was so good that game. Like he was so engaged and. Probably my favorite play of the season so far happened in that game. If you remember Lonzo's step back three on Nikola Jokic to basically seal the win, that was so sick. Like, and what I love most about it, if you look back at that play, is that LeBron gave him the ball. Like, that is cool. And I, I haven't, I didn't talk about it much in this podcast, but Lonzo and LeBron, they do have a good connection. Just like I think LeBron and Kuzma have a good connection, I think LeBron and Hart have a good connection. I do think the LeBron Ingram connection needs some work or figuring out, but LeBronzo, uh, it's uh, I'm glad it's happening. If you've been following the podcast since last year, you know I, t- I was talking about LeBronzo since last November, a year ago. Uh, so, um, and that's one thing that's interesting about Lonzo. I'm just gonna finish the podcast with this. He he's so like his potential is so high though. I mean he's so. He's always so high or so low, like, but that upside, it's crazy because if you, you remember that Nuggets game, he, he popped that three. You remember last year against San Antonio where he hit like three threes in the last minute and a half of the game to win it. I mean, there's so many players in the NBA that have never done things like that. Like Lonzo's already hit huge clutch shots in games against good teams, which it shows you like when he's engaged and able to lock in, like there's some, there's, there's something really special inside that kid. And we need to get it out of him, uh, hopefully, you know, and it's clearly just going to take time. I said it last year, um, both Lonzo and Ingram clearly are more projects than I think anyone anticipated. Well, I mean, Ingram, after his rookie year, you could definitely tell it was going to be a project. Um, but yeah, th- those those boys, though, when they're 24, 25, I'm very interested. I wish I could have a time machine to see what Lonzo and Ingram look like when they're 25 years old. And why that plays so important part, actually, I'm going to end the podcast with this, is, A, Lakers, any trade, any trades coming? Oh, man, I, uh, look, I, I think the Lakers need to go for the chip this year. Look, LeBron's not getting any younger. The Warriors potentially could implode. Now, if they were to implode, I don't think they're going to implode during the season. I think the Warriors will be fine this season. Once Steph Curry comes back, they're going to have the number one record in the West. But hey, you never know what could happen at the end of a season. And if the Lakers, just as you know, Chris Broussard always says, there's no reason the Lakers can't be the second best team in the West. I'm not saying even record-wise to be the number two seed, but they're, they, they're, to me, I can't see. I, they can beat every team in a playoff series in the West, you know, ex, 
you know, accept Golden State at, you know, full capacity. But I don't know. I want to be there in case the Warriors blow it or something. Like, and I can't, with the team right now, I can't see them. I don't know. I can't see this team beating the Warriors by any, really. But if we got another player, uh, you know, a consistent player, a consistent, you know, all-star level player, then who knows? I, I could potentially see us beating a Warriors team that's like not gelling or something. But we'll see. Um, anyways, that wraps up for this podcast. Uh, I will have more news about my app coming out in the coming podcast. If you're not following, follow me on Instagram at LakerMemes818. And I apologize for the podcast coming in so late, but I hope to be consistent with it now and at least do it once a week. Um, and until next time, Laker Nation, let's get those wins. Peace. Shout out to the artist that made this beat. The artist's name is Fleslet.